Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Pony Express, the flagship podcast of the Post Rider Podcast Network. As always, I'm your host, Mike Levito, the editor-in-chief of the Post Rider, and I'm joined in this very special episode by Post Rider contributor and host of the wildly successful The Visitors Might Be Listening podcast, Lewis Ryan. Hey! Hey, everybody. How's it going? Hey, Mike. Glad I could be here. You know, I managed to squeeze some time in. My agent managed to get me on the episode this week. Uh, I'm glad you said, you know, the podcast is wildly successful. Um, I agree with you. Next time, be uh, more emphatic about that, please. <laughs> hey, I said I only in, in the in the con in the appearance contract you signed it. I said I only had to mention it once, so that's all you're getting. Um, but anyway, uh, we're here to talk about. I'm gonna get my I'm gonna get my lawyer to look that over <laughs> as soon as he uh, graduates law school. Right. Yeah. Um, Lars. So your lawyer's Lars. Then is that is that what you're saying? <laughs> um. Anyway, uh, we're here to talk about the 74th Primetime Emmy Awards, um, which will be airing on NBC on September 12th. Uh, as we mentioned, or we, we didn't mention it on the air, but we were talking, it's on a Monday night instead of a Sunday because NBC, of course, has Sunday night football. They don't want to cut into that, which I feel like is kind of emblematic in a way of maybe the... Uh, cultural cash or lack thereof that the emmys have like we talked about when we did our oscars preview earlier in the year we talked about you know how yes the idea of these award shows are kind of silly but the oscars they kind of mean something they're always very interesting um whereas with the emmys i feel like it's not taken quite as seriously do you as somebody who you know has like worked in the industry do you, do you feel the same way uh yeah i mean my Thoughts on the award ceremony are similar to what I think about the Oscars, but I think like the whole decision, like with the Sunday night, Monday night thing, and considering NBC, it's like one of the big four networks that's kind of been lagging behind. It's just like all very emblematic of like the direction that, uh, that let's say classic television is heading in, which uh, I don't know if we'll ever, ever see a return to that form ever again. So it's, it's kind of dispiriting to, uh, celebrate the very best in television where it's it's demise is like so readily apparent yeah well it, it, it's interesting too right because i feel like in a lot of ways and i wrote this I, I have a written preview coming out too but like in a lot of ways like tv i feel like is very much sort of the medium and the art form of the 21st century right like tiktok well yes but <laughs> if, if you're looking at like uh stuff that won't be made illegal by the next republican government like um you know yeah. i i it's what am i what am i trying to say is like nowadays a movie does not cannot generate as much conversation as a tv show can right like more people are watching house of the dragon than will go see probably whatever ends up winning best picture at the like 2023 oscars um i made that statistic up but i assume it's true um and so it's kind of ironic that that like the this this institution that's designed to celebrate greatness in television feels a little moribund in a way that the oscars does not and you can say what you want about like the oscars broadcast which was not like great last year um and obviously had lots of issues that were kind of out of the uh directors and the academy's hands <laughs> um thank you will smith but uh, you know, there's there's still like a kind of a prestige there. Whereas with the Emmys, it feels, um, 
yeah like i said it, it just seems like it's it's I guess it's just like network television, especially live network television, is in ways a sinking ship, and the Emmys are a pretty big ship. Um, yeah, it's just the uh, show business in general, and movies and TV. It's just it's in a very uh, precarious situation right now because of everything is like so divided up amongst audiences, where everything's like basically appealing to a, a niche in a way, mm-hmm. whereas like thirty years ago, they like television was trying to be like well more than. 40 years like in the old days like the 60s um it's like trying to appeal to like everybody because like one family probably only had one tv that everyone sat around and watched and now it's like everyone has their own screen they're like in a room with a screen and they have their own screens in the palm of their hand and you know grandma's got one and the dog's got one and it's like i don't know and it's like the the streaming bubble seems like it's bursting Mm -hmm. so um while i i don't want to say like uh you know, I think we'll probably see far fewer, you know, quality scripted TV shows. I think there will always be enough to get nominated at the Emmys in terms of drama and comedy. But I, I don't know. I, it'll be interesting to see what the, the landscape looks like in like five years, I want to say. Yeah, it's interesting. And there even you look at it now, there is at least one category that only has two nominees. I just I guess because there just isn't like enough eligible or at least enough like quality eligible shows to be nominated in it. Um, and yeah, yeah, like you said, I do think the streaming bubble is, is beginning to burst and, and it'll be interesting because the thing about the Emmys too, is that it's a lot of awards, right? It's because not, it's, it's not like the Oscars where you can just say, oh, you know, we're, it's, which is best picture, best director, the acting categories and all that. It's like they split it up by genre. So you have the drama awards, the comedy awards, the miniseries awards, which I feel like have become like newly relevant in the streaming age because there's just a lot more miniseries being made. And you have the creative arts Emmys where, like, all the crafty stuff plus, like, things like outstanding TV movie and, like, short form awards, which, like, I think you should leave was nominated for. Um, all of that stuff is uh, nominated. So, yeah. yeah a lot. A, a very, very, very bizarre thing. I feel like it's interesting, right? It's like I, I remember there's that one Sopranos episode where there's the TV writer who, like, uh, Chrissy kind of, like, blackmails into helping him write his, like, script jt dolan yes and I, I i believe he gets him like str- like hooked on drugs again and he, he's really hurting for money so he tries to pawn off his emmy and the pawn shop is like yeah we don't want this like we don't want this trash which was like i think supposed to be like an in joke from david chase it's like yeah we want a bunch of emmys but like who actually are you, cares are you sure that's what david chase was trying to say <laughs> <laughs> i you know i i think so it's, it's very so cryptic. subtle <laughs> i know um but i feel like that's still kind of true um i know at least one person who has an emmy so uh i held an emmy once oh i i was asked to put it back down <laughs> by, by the security guard at um the the museum of the moving picture um but so i i have an interesting question because i i don't know why why this i i find this very strange but um so outstanding television movie is a category that is not on the main broadcast anymore it's now in um the creative arts Emmys, which i mentioned is you know they do things like editing and and art direction and music and things like that um so past winners of this award have include like a couple black mirror episodes um, a couple sherlock episodes behind the candelabra which you know steven soderbergh movie uh 
Do you know what won it this year? For best TV movie? Yes. Uh, no, I don't. Chippendale Rescue Rangers. Oh, right, right, right. I did know that. <laughs> um, which is very strange, also because I feel like there was... I I don't I obviously don't know this for sure. I feel like there was almost definitely a plan at one point to release that movie like theatrically, right? It just had that kind of feel. Yeah, to well, it. it's like the uh, it's the blurred lines to a bring back Robin Thicke to this de- decade. It's a uh, you know who who even knows anymore. It's like I just saw it the trailer. It seemed like a movie trailer, you know, and it's mm-hmm. like I guess it qualifies for TV because it was just on uh, Disney. Disney Plus. Disney Plus, yeah. So it's, it's very weird. These are interesting times where, mm-hmm. you know, the traditional rule books are being thrown out the window. There, there's a rules change for this year's Emmys where it's uh, comedy and drama are no longer dictated by running time. Yes. It's strictly up to, I guess, who's ever voting to consider, is better call Saul a drama or a comedy? <laughs> yeah. Um, there's also, they did that apparently with the daytime Emmys too, where it's like, it doesn't actually matter. I think when it's broadcast now, that's also Mm -hmm. a, I guess you could have like a primetime soap and that would be considered eligible for the daytime Emmys. Um, so yeah, an industry in flux an award show in flux and, um, yeah, well, we're, we're, we're gonna, we're gonna, for, for all, for all the, um, uh, you know, bad stuff we just said about the Emmys, we, we are going to talk about them we're going to do what we did on the oscars preview and and roll through the categories talk about you know uh who we think will win and if we if we have seen enough of what's on tv then uh also who we think should win um because that's the other thing with the emmys is that there's over like 500 scripted tv shows a year apparently and it's just like impossible like you can watch like all 10 best picture nominees you can't really watch like all 15 like nominated shows in like the main categories. Um, yeah, it's just too much time on my hands. Yeah. I would have to have too much time on my hands. Right. Um, even Alan Suppenwall was like, yeah, I have not seen everything that's nominated. I, I just can't. Um, anyway. Let's, uh, so let, let, let's get this started then with... Um, Let's start with Outstanding Writing for a Variety Special. This is where you get your, your stand-up specials um, or just special episodes of variety shows and things like that. And the nominees are uh, Ali Wong for Ali Wong, Don Wong, Ian Berger, David Delaquanti, Jennifer Flange, Jordan Klepper, Zubin Parang, and Scott Sherman for The Daily Show of Trevor Noah Presents, Jordan Klepper Fingers the Globe, Hungry for Democracy, Hungry as in the Country Hungry. Gerard Carmichael for Gerard Carmichael, Rathaniel, Nicole Byer for Nicole Byer, BBW, Big Beautiful Weirdo, and Norm MacDonald, RIP, for Norm MacDonald, Nothing Special. Lewis, who do you think will win this category? Um, I have no idea, honestly. <laughs> um, uh, probably Gerard Carmi- Carmichael. Yeah, I, he's so that he's the only like. Have you seen any of these shows? I've watched half of Norm Macdonald's Nothing Special. Mm-hmm. I I watched Rathaniel. It was honestly probably like one of the best things I've seen all year. Like regardless of like, you know, art form. Like it's it's actually like incredible. Um, but was it funny? It was, and obviously, so this is if you don't know, this is the special where Gerard Carmichael comes out as gay, 
and like yeah it does the kind of like heavy autobiographical he talks about obviously his struggles with his sexuality he talks about like some sort of sordid family history but there are like actual jokes in it too and like it is pretty funny and it's very well directed too it's actually like a beautifully shot so it's the best shot stand special i've ever seen it's directed by bo burnham who i don't always love in front of the camera but i think is very good behind the camera um so if I had to vote, I definitely vote for that. I feel like it's going to go to the Daily Show thing because I feel like the Emmys really love. Well, they love John Stewart's Daily Show. They gave. I think the last thing to win, like live variety special, was like Stephen Colbert's Election Night Show. That's right. And I feel like they really love these sort of, you know, um, satirical political thing. And I, I just assume that's where they're going to go with this. Uh, uh, last year was actually Bo Burnham inside. Really? Yeah. For for writing, yeah. Um, but but there was a live, there was an award. Yeah, for there like was a live. Colbert thing that won. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, which I don't think was nominated for writing, but uh, I don't know. That that that's my logic. But again, this is I feel like an award that's obscure enough that it's kind of like a crapshoot if you're trying to predict it. I'll uh, move on now to Outstanding Writing for a Limited or Anthology Series or Movie. We have Dope Sick, episode The People vs. Purdue Pharma, written by Danny Strong. The Dropout, episode I'm in a Hurry, written by Elizabeth Merriweather. Impeachment, American Crime Story, episode Manhandled, written by Sarah Burgess. Made, episode Snaps, written by Molly Smith Metzler. Excuse me. Station Eleven. Episode Unbroken Circle, written by Patrick Somerville, and The White Lotus, written by Mike White. The entire series, not just a particular episode. Um, Lewis, your thoughts on this category? I have, I have nothing to say, Mike. <laughs> <laughs> I, have, I have not seen uh, any of these programs. You're reading off the writers, and I'm familiar with some of the other projects these, have worked on, these people have worked on. Elizabeth Merriweather worked on New Girl, which I watched some of. Sarah Burgess worked on. The, the sorely lamented kings from way back when mm. uh, Mike White was a creator and writer of uh, HBO's Enlightened with Laura Dern, which was quite good. But uh, yeah, I've heard heard a lot about these shows, but I, I have not seen a single frame of any of these. No clips, nothing, nothing. So I have like no thoughts to say. I'm just eating up valuable airtime right now, just talking. <laughs> I have only seen the dropout in the White Lotus. I think the dropout was much better than the White Lotus. Again, I think one of the best things I've seen all year. That should probably win. I think it will probably go to the White Lotus because there's just lots of like obvious metaphor and and symbolism and and it's relevant, quote unquote. So I think they'll give it to Mike White. Plus, he also was like nominated for the most like he wrote like entire. I don't remember how many episodes, like six, seven, eight episode thing. So pro- probably going to give it to him. Uh, let's move on to Outstanding Directing for Limited or Anthology Series or Movie. And the nominees are Dope Sick, Episode The People vs. Purdue Farmer, directed by Danny Strong. The Dropout, Episode episode Green Juice, excuse me, directed by Michael Showalter. The Dropout, Episode Iron Sisters, directed by Francesca Gregorini. Made, Episode Sky Blue, directed by John Wells. Station Eleven, Episode Wheel of Fire, directed by Hiro Murai. And The White Lotus, directed by Mike White. Have you? I assume you haven't seen any of these either. <laughs> well, it's the same shows. Yes. <laughs> um, I'm familiar with some of these people, like Michael Showalter, obviously hilarious, The State, Stella, mm-hmm. um, uh, other things. He was in the movie Signs as a guy who yells at uh, 
Joaquin Phoenix. <laughs> or, yeah, yeah. He got he yells at Joaquin Phoenix for his, his terrible baseball career in the the movie Signs, which has absolutely nothing to do with anything we're talking about. Um, John Wells, ER, and uh, The West Wing, of course. I'm surprised he's still around. I had no idea he was involved with Made. Hiro Mirai, great director, directed Barry and uh, Atlanta, mm-hmm. I believe. And um, I think he's really good. And uh, Mike White, who, as we mentioned, was behind Enlightened. And uh, I also think he's really good. So it's really a toss-up. Um, based on their past work, who do I think technically is probably going to win? Uh, Hiro Mirai. Yeah, I think he'll probably win, too. I think, like, obviously because Mike White directed all of The White Lotus, that probably gives him, like, a little bit of an edge. But I also think that, like, Hiro Mirai has built up a lot of goodwill just because he's done so much good television work in, like, Atlanta and Barry and stuff like that that I think they'll end up giving him uh, the award. So uh, that's my uh, that's my pick for that. Uh, even though I have not seen a single second of Station Eleven because it's an ep- a show about... A global pandemic and i think i'm like pretty okay not watching anything about that for a little bit let's move on to outstanding supporting actress in a limited or anthology series or movie the nominees are oh i think you've seen all these shows lewis it's connie Britton in the white lotus jennifer coolidge in the white lotus alexandra daddario in the white lotus caitlin deaver in dope sick natasha rothwell in the white lotus sydney sweeney in the white lotus and mayor winningham in dope sick any thoughts? Uh, I think at this point, I just hope it's one of the two people from Dope Sick because it seems like an obnoxious <laughs> amount of people from The White Lotus got nominated. Um, so I'll just say Mayor Winningham because she looks older. So <laughs> let her enjoy an Emmy Award while she's still alive. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know. Sure. No, I, that's not bad logic. I mean, they, they tend to go for, you know, old, older performers. Um, I think the most deserving person in this field is Jennifer Coolidge in The White Lotus, who, like, does her, like, Jennifer Coolidge stick. You know, you, you, people probably know her from, like, Legally Blonde. And, um, the only thing I could think of she was in was Two Broke Girls, which was not a good show. But she was Christopher in Guest movies. Yes, yes, lots of Christopher Guest movies. Um, she does her shtick, but she kind of turns it up to, like, 11, and it's actually very funny. Like, The White Lotus was a show I was pretty lukewarm on, but she's, like, far and away the funniest and, like, most entertaining, most watchable part of it, and I think she'll win, and it'll be well-deserved. Uh, outstanding supporting actor in a limited or anthology series or movie, we have Murray Bartlett in The White Lotus, Jake Lacey in The White Lotus, Will Poulter in Dope Sick, Seth Rogen in Pam and Tommy, Peter Sarsgaard in Dope Sick, Michael Stuhlbarg in Dope Sick, and Steve Zahn in The White Lotus. Did you watch Pam and Tommy? <laughs> no, I did not. Um, I heard a lot of good things about it. Um, so that explains why it's being nominated for Emmys. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, I don't know. I like Michael Stuhlbarg, so why not him? <laughs> sure, why not? Um, yeah, I've only seen The White Lotus, and if I had to pick one of the White Lotus uh, folks, I would go with Murray Bartlett, who has this role where he kind of, you know, he begins this, this very put-together, like, hotel manager, and he deteriorates and descends towards the end of the series, and does a good job of it, so I would definitely go with him. Uh, outstanding lead actress in a limited or anthology series or movie, we have Tony Collette, The Staircase, 
Julia Garner in Inventing Anna, Lily James in Pam and Tommy, Sarah Paulson in Impeachment American Crime Story, Margaret Qualley in Maid, and Amanda Seyfried in The Dropout. Lewis? Yes, sir. Margaret Qualley. Okay. Uh, it'll. I think it'll probably be Amanda Seyfried. Uh, she's... The best I've ever seen her in anything is in The Dropout as Elizabeth Holmes. She does, like, Elizabeth Holmes's, like, weird, creepy voice, like, to a T. Very impressive. And they kind of cast her as, I feel like, this, like, stand-in for the entire millennial generation. And it's very effective. So I will go with Amanda Seyfried. Next we have Outstanding Lead Actor in a Limited or Anthology Series or Movie. Colin Firth in The Staircase. Andrew Garfield in Under the Banner of Heaven. Oscar Isaac in Scenes from a Marriage. Michael Keaton in Dope Sick. Hamish Patel in Station Eleven, and Sebastian Stan in Pam and Tommy. So let's see here. We've got Spider-Man, <laughs> Moon Knight, Batman, The Winter Soldier, Bullseye. Oh, wait. That's <laughs> Colin Farrell. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 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 Kingsman. Kingsman Man. Yes. Uh, name's escaping me at the moment. And, uh, and Hamish Patel. Right. You also have, I mean, Michael Keaton is also the vulture, so. Ugh, all right. <laughs> Not my vulture. Um, I would argue one of the better MCU villains, but go on. Yeah, I mean, it's it's easy to make, it's like, oh, why don't we just rip off the Green Goblin and make him the vulture? Okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Sounds like a plan to me. Just do that with every Spider-Man villain. Cha-ching. Um, anyways. Uh, I don't know. I didn't watch any of these shows. Um, let's give it to Colin Firth. Sure. The only one I watched was Under the Banner of Heaven. Andrew Garfield was fine. I didn't really buy him as a Mormon police detective from Utah, but he was fine. Let's give it to Oscar Isaac because I like Oscar Isaac. And I feel like he's going to be 100 by the time he wins the Oscar. He definitely deserves. So, um, but Michael Keaton will probably win because he won like the SAG award for this. So, yeah. Um, all right. Let's move on to Outstanding Variety Sketch Series. This is the category where there are only two nominees, and they are A Black Lady Sketch Show and Saturday Night Live. It's it's a coin flip, Lewis. Which which do you think will win? Um, I think it's about time Saturday Night Live <laughs> got some recognition, so I'm going to give it to that. Yeah, I, there's, I think this is the surest bet of the night. You are wasting your time if you bet money on this category, but you're also guaranteed to win if you pick Saturday Night Live. It's interesting because, like, in the past, this category has had, like, a lot of nominees. But, like, I'm looking at, like, the past winners and stuff, and it's, like, Key and Peele's not on anymore. Inside Amy Schumer's not on anymore. Portlandia's not on anymore. So there's just not as much. I was asking my pal Tim Robinson if he had known any shows, any sketch shows that could have been nominated, and he he couldn't think of any. So it seems like these were the only two. Well, if I had my way, you, of course, know I would, I would, that, that would be winning. But apparently it only qualifies as a short form series. Oh. And Tim Robinson actually won the award for best lead actor. And I don't know if it was just like a short form series or comedy short form. He won the Creative Arts Emmy for that. So he did at least get recognized. Yeah, so now he can put that as part of his quote when he does a new season or movie. Exactly. Emmy is kind of a cosmic gumbo. Um, (laughs) (laughs) uh, Outstanding Variety Talk series. The nominees are The Daily Show with Trevor Noah, Jimmy Kimmel Live, Last Week Tonight with John Oliver, Late Night with Seth Meyers, and The Late Show with Stephen Colbert. Do you watch any of these shows, Lewis? Hey, I went to a taping of Colbert back in Mm. November. (laughs) So, um, 
do I watch? I like Seth Meyers. John Oliver. I mean, everyone in the industry, I think, hates John Oliver now because he <laughs> knows he only gets it because he's only on once a week. Mm-hmm. Um, so definitely not rooting for him. So I think I'll go with Seth Meyers. Yeah, I, I mean, he's going to win John Oliver because he's they've won it the past however many years. Like they're on a John Stewart <coughs> level streak right now. Um, I, I don't watch any like late night TV anymore. I just none none of the hosts really appeal to me, and like John Oliver, I think is good, but also it's a very depressing show. So I also watch it for that reason. He's done it. It's the same problem I think that uh, Penn and Teller had with their show on Showtime. Is that <clears throat> you know when they started they could cover like the big topics, and now it's like, what do you even talk about? Mm-hmm. It's like you know what's even going on in the world to talk about, John. <laughs> it's true. We're living in just such a contented reality. It's like 1998 all over again. Um, but I think, uh, like you say, it's like he could probably be funnier about it. Right, yeah. Yeah, and also, yeah, the jokes don't always... And it's also like the pacing's very weird on that show because there are no commercial breaks. Um, yeah, c- kind of a mixed mix bag. Anyway, um, outstanding competition program. There's The Amazing Race, Lizzo's Watch Out for the Big Girls, Nailed It, RuPaul's Drag Race, Top Chef, and The Voice. All right, what's the next category? <laughs> uh, RuPaul's Drag Race will probably win because it's won the past like three or four awards. And yeah. Um, outstanding. Have you ever watched The Amazing Race? What's that? I said, have you ever watched The Amazing Race? I have seen, I had like... Uh, like a cut, like a aunt and uncle who were like pretty into it. I've seen a couple episodes, you know, I don't know. I, I just don't really like reality TV, so I have not, uh, have not watched it. <laughs> I hear Top Chef is good. Like if I had to watch any of these, I'd probably watch Top Chef. That seems like the most interesting one. Yeah, I would definitely eat the food uh, from Top Chef more than I would eat the food from Nailed It yes. or The Amazing Race. Yes. Or probably the voice. I don't know what they serve in, in the green room there. All right, outstanding limiting or anthology series. We've already established. Can with... I can I say something? Yes. <laughs> People were talking about the rehearsal, and we talked about the rehearsal not too long ago. And there's a whole bunch of discourse about it. And one of them was like, "Is the show mean?" Mm-hmm. And I was like thinking, "It's like, well, isn't American Idol mean?" <laughs> Yeah. You know, it's like they do uh, the first few episodes of the season are about all like the bad people that come and mm-hmm. audition. It's like, isn't it mean? Like the whole Simon Cow's whole shtick was being mean. It's like it was mean. Oh, I Not... yeah, I agree completely. It's just it was just something that annoyed me. No, American Idol is very mean, especially too because you think about because they portray the audition process of like, oh, these people just showed up to like the convention center we're holding the auditions in. And they do, but that's not actually how it works. Like, they had to submit, like, a video audition, which means that producers like, all right, let's pick, like, the biggest freaks we can find and let them go through. Um, yeah, I think it's, like, there's certain meanness embedded in the genre. Yeah. But it's, like, what's the difference between, like, meanness and just, like, this person's on camera? Mm-hmm. I don't know. Well, it, it, there's, it, it's, like, a consent thing, too. It's, like, this person's, like, they decided to do this, right? You know? It's not like you, nobody nobody tricked them into going on TV. I guess maybe you could argue on American Idol. It's like, oh, they pretended like they had a shot at going to Hollywood, but I don't know. There is one clip I forget, like the name of of the auditioner, and all this, but like, it's like a uh, 
like a, a a trans person basically auditioning and like the way they talk about this person like if it had aired in 2022 like they would have killed everybody involved with american idol like it is wildly offensive and like it is amazing that like ryan seacrest still has a job like it is insane let's find it and post it to twitter <laughs> right yeah um anyway uh so yeah american idol mean show also not nominated um even though it's it's still on right like it's on it's on it's on abc yeah that's so weird and lionel richie yeah, Lionel Richie. Some you don't know the classic lineup of Lionel Richie as Katy Perry, right? Katy Perry and isn't no, there's another guy. It's like not the guy from The Voice. It's um. Oh, is it else. Harry Connick Jr.? No, no, no. It's like some other guy. He's like kind of a Blake Shelton-y looking guy. Is it Keith Urban? I don't know. I think it's Keith Urban. Um. No, Luke, Luke Bryan. Luke Bryan. Um. It was a country singer, yeah. Um, well, if it's not the classic lineup of, what was it, Randy, Ellen DeGeneres, and Cara Diagordi, then... What? <laughs> you, you don't remember the, the, the season Ellen was on? No. Yeah, she was a host for one, uh, one season. Or American not a host, Idol? a judge. She was a judge. Wasn't that So You Think You Can Dance? No, it was for the, for the 20, season 9, 2010... The panel was Simon Cowell, Ellen DeGeneres, Randy Jackson, Cara Diagori. That's what it was. Apollo left. Well, Ellen is, certainly knows how to be mean. <laughs> oh, yeah, apparently. <laughs> um, it was the year Lee DeWise, that huge star everybody remembers, won American Idol. Uh, Crystal Barrasock to second place. I thought she should have won. Also one of the last years I really watched that show closely. Anyway... Let's move on out to outstanding limited or anthology series. Dope Sick, The Dropout, Inventing Anna, Pam and Tommy, and The White Lotus. We've already established uh, you've watched these shows over and over and over again. So, <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I love, um, you know, The Dropout, you know, classic story about Steve Jobs mm -hmm. um, starting Apple. Inventing Anna, of course, a remake of Metropolis where uh, Dr. Rotwang makes a mechanical woman. <laughs> he names it Anna. And, uh, you know, the White Lotus, which is kind of an interesting sort of Japanese take on a bug's life. Um, so it's kind of hard for me to pick between any of these. Um, I don't know. Let's say uh, Dopesick will win. Yeah, I think Dopesick is probably like the... It's got a good shot. I probably think it's going to be the dropout just because that was, uh, it was... I just feel like it was buzzier. And it's also... I've only seen the dropout on the White Lotus dropout was better it's about like a very kind of topical topic and you know like an interesting story and yeah i just assume that's what's gonna win but who knows all right let's move over to a category that features lighter shows like barry and uh that would be the comedy uh awards and let's start with outstanding writing for a comedy series nominees are abbott elementary episode pilot uh written by kita Quinta Brunson, Quinta Brunson, the Quinta Brunson, uh, Barry, episode 710N, or 710 North, I don't actually know how to pronounce that, written by Duffy Boudreau. Barry, episode starting now, written by Alec Berg and Bill Hader. Hacks, episode the one, the only, written by Lucia Anello, Paul W. Downs, and Jen Statsky. Only Murders in the Building, episode True Crime, written by Steve Martin and John Hoffman. 
Ted Lasso, episode No Weddings and a Funeral, written by Jane Becker. What We Do in the Shadows, episode The Casino, written by Sarah Neftalis. And What We Do in the Shadows, episode The Wellness Center, written by Stephanie Robinson. Um, yeah, so I've seen Barry and Hacks and Only Murders in the Building. Um, I'm very late to the party on What We Do in the Shadows. I just watched the movie on an airplane uh, this past year. Um, so I don't know. Um, I would give it to one of the Barry episodes. Uh, I guess the starting now episode, because that was the finale, because I thought it was a pretty excellent season of Barry. We did a whole podcast talking about Hacks, um, a show that I thought was quite good, even though I had, um, more than a few problems with it. And, uh, Only Murders in the Building was, uh, quite good too. It was kind of, um, pretty standard television fare, but it, there was enough flourishes to keep it interesting along the way yeah I, I think starting now is probably what i would also vote for um i think the finale was pretty great of barry um i've seen barry hacks only murders and ted lasso um i could see them giving it to only murders in the building because i think this is the episode they kind of like balance three like narrations together and like it's like ah oh, this is kind of like a writing trick but I don't know. I feel like I feel like this is maybe like Barry's year. So I'll also say starting now. I forget what I even wrote in my preview, but I'm going to say starting now for now. Starting now, I will say starting now. All right. Uh, outstanding... You should write on Barry. <laughs> What's that? I said you should write on Barry. I, I should. <laughs> Clearly, I'm a fantastic wordsmith um, who remembers the things I write, too. Uh, for directing, outstanding directing for a comedy series, Atlanta, episode New Jazz, directed by the aforementioned Hiro Murai. Barry, 710N, uh, that's the episode, directed by Bill Hader. Hacks, episode There Will Be Blood, directed by Lucia Anello. The Ms. Pat Show, episode Baby Daddy Groundhog Day, directed by Mary Lou Belly. Only Murders in the Building, episode The Boy from 6B, directed by Sharon Dabbas. Only Murders in the Building, episode True Crime, directed by Jamie Babbitt. And Ted Lasso, episode No Weddings and a Funeral, directed by M.J. Delaney. I mean, I think the big showy episode to pick from this one is Only Murders in the Building, The Boy from 6B, because that, uh, that's the episode where it's completely silent, no dialogue, and it has to entirely rely on visual storytelling. So I'd say that's a, that's a nice one to pick. I think that Barry episode that Bill Hader directed was also excellent, so it's really kind of a toss-up between those two. Um, I do like Bill Hader, and I would want him to win, just because I like him so much. And uh, this is the society we live in where uh, we want people that we like to win over <laughs> actual merit. But um, I'll, I'll say Boy from 6B is my dark horse pick of what I'd like to win. That That's a good... I completely forgot about that episode. Because um, that's that's a good choice. I'd probably go with, with uh, 710N. Obviously has that incredible chase sequence, which I think manages to like be both like an effective... like thrilling chase sequence and also be very funny um so i feel like that kind of that i would that's why i would put it above the boy from 6b which is also a, a funny episode in addition to being kind of you know gripping so yeah uh outstanding supporting actress in the comedy series the nominees are alex borstein in the marvelous mrs Maisel, hannah einbinder and hacks janelle james in abbott elementary kate mckinnon in saturday night live Sarah Niles and Ted Lasso, 
Cheryl Lee Ralph in Abbott Elementary, Juno Temple in Ted Lasso, and Hannah Waddingham in Ted Lasso? Um, I think it's just baloney that, like, Kate McKinnon can submit for SNL <laughs> as, like, various characters. And I yeah. also think it's baloney that Tim Robinson wins Best Actor for the same reason. It's mm-hmm. like, um... How dare Tim Robinson make a mockery <laughs> of this award? Um, uh, but let's see what we have here. Uh, the only one I can attest to, I mean, I guess Kate McKinnon, I can attest to. Um, Hannah Einbinder is the only one really that I can like attest to is like a TV show. So I guess I'll just say Hannah Einbinder. Inbinder. She played a character that I, I, I enjoyed watching, but I also kind of repulsed me, which I think was probably part of the point. Yeah. So I think she did a good job. Yeah, she's supposed to be like an obnoxious know-it-all millennial, um, and who better to re- relate to that than two obnoxious know-it-all millennials? Um, yeah, I think I could see her winning. I feel like this could be like a big hacksier. Like, it won the writing and directing awards last year, and I could just see it kind of, like, that being a preamble to it winning a lot this year. So I'll pick her as well. Hannah Waddingham won it last year, and people seem to really like her. And I believe the episode she's nominated for, she, like, sings in it, and she is a former West End actress. So I feel like people are like, ah, she sang. This is great. We'll we'll give her an award, too. So I think she's probably, like, the runner-up. And then Kate McKinnon could be, like, a dark horse if only because... Um, it's her last year. Actually, let me take back what I said behind Einbender. I would vote for her. Janelle James, I think, is who, is who is going to win. Because, like, everything I've read about Abbott Elementary always calls out her performance. She plays the principal as being very good and very funny. So I actually think she's going to win. So forget what I said about Einbender. Um, yeah. Uh, I also feel like you just have a lot of people who really want to reward a network show. Because that's, like, one of the only network shows that's nominated. Anyway. Uh, outstanding supporting actor in a comedy series we have anthony kerrigan anthony kerrigan excuse me in barry brett goldstein in ted lasso toheeb jamo in ted lasso nick muhammad in ted lasso tony shalhoub in the marvelous mrs Maisel, tyler james williams in abbott elementary henry winkler in barry and bowen yang in saturday night live i mean without question i got to give it up for bowen yang you know <laughs> i love that they're finally starting to nominate these people from SNL for playing various characters. It's it's great. It's like when Tim Robinson won. It's like overjoyed that we're finally breaking this barrier down. Mm-hmm. Um, you would think no, they'd, no, no. they'd I mean, have like their own category, right? They do. It's called variety. Right, but you'd think that they'd have like an actor variety or like variety performer category. Mm, yeah, and then just put it in the daytime Emmys or the creative arts Emmys. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Um, no, but yeah, having said all that... Uh, Gosh, I don't watch Ted Lasso as a point of pride, so I don't. <laughs> um, uh, I mean, I, I got to give it up for Henry Winkler. I know Anthony Kerrigan gets a lot of um, acclaim or like he's he's like one that's like, hey, people, look at this guy on mm-hmm. Barry. He's like the comic relief on the uh, the hit, Hitman drama show. Um, but uh, Harry... Henry Winkler was uh, an outstanding actor on this comedy series. He wasn't necessarily the funniest. <laughs> yeah. Um, not I don't, That ca- category has been wisely uh, named to avoid making it sound like these people are funny. Right. 
Um, but Henry Winkler was uh, doing great work. Um, yeah, he's he's had quite a career, you know, starting out as the Fonz and then just being doing shockingly good drama, uh, dramatic work on on this show, Barry. Yeah, no, he, he's incredible. Uh, obviously, the scene where he he punches Barry, somewhat spoiler alert, incredible. Um, he has won this award for Barry in the past. I would maybe be tempted to vote for Anthony Kerrigan just because I think he's also really great in Barry and he hasn't won anything yet. Um, but Henry Winkler, I think a fine winner, a very likely one. I also think Brett Goldstein, who won this last year, who I think is easily the best part of Ted Lasso, easily like the funniest character on Ted Lasso, um, also has a very good shot at winning and would also be like a fairly deserving but winner. But I would rather see Henry Winkler or Anthony Kerrigan win it. Um, Did you know he was just like a writer on Ted Lasso, and then he like auditioned to play that part? Yeah, he was, and he's just like a stand-up comedian too, which is weird because he is like ripped like a like a soccer player, and yet he also just happens to be like a writer and comedian. Um, yeah, it's it's interesting, but uh, it would have been funny if it was like the writer was like a let's say like a John Candy type, <laughs> and he auditioned to play this character. It's like, wow, I got it. Now I got to get ripped. That, that'd be an incredible, like, Emmy campaign story. Um, yeah, it, w- it would be funny. Um, all right, outstanding lead actress in a comedy series. We have Rachel Brosnahan in The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel, Quinta Brunson in Abbott Elementary, Kaylee Cuoco in The Flight Attendant, Elle Fanning in The Great, Issa Rae in Insecure, and Gene Smart in Hacks. Hmm, I don't know. It's like lots of lots of interesting roles for women, but it's like couldn't men play these roles better? <laughs> like couldn't a man? I could probably buy a man as a better flight attendant than Kaylee Cuoco, mm-hmm. and like I'm sure Brett Goldstein like could play a better Catherine the Great mm-hmm. than Elle Fanning. Yeah, it's like I'm just confused why all these women are getting these roles. So um, I don't know. Uh, Jean Smart, she's always great. She was really good on hacks, so um, I'm gonna give it to her. Yeah, this she's the only. This is the only like show I watched this season. I've watched The Great in the past. It's a good show. I just haven't been able to pick it back up. Um, I've watched Marvelous Mrs. Maisel in the past. The first episode, the first season's good. The next two seasons are okay. Um, I'd also give it to Jean Smart. I feel like she's probably like the the, the good bet to win. Although. The Emmys, which used to, like, you know, obviously they awarded Julia Louis-Dreyfus for Veep, like, a trillion years in a row. They've kind of gone away from that a little bit, but I think Gene Smart probably wins back-to-back years. Um, For Outstanding Lead Actor in a Comedy Series, we have Donald Glover in Atlanta, Bill Hader in Barry, Nicholas Holt in The Great, Steve Martin in Only Murders in the Building, Martin Short in Only Murders in the Building, and Jason Sudeikis in Ted Lasso. It's like, you see Kate McKinnon... You get on a show, you go from SNL and you get casted on a scripted show for half an hour. And it's like, you can get nominated for Emmys too. You don't have to just nominate. It's like, ah, I played a whole bunch of people. Mm-hmm. Ah, whatever. Give me an Emmy. <laughs> so you like Jason Sudeikis, Martin Short, Bill Hader, Steve Martin, who was not a cast member, but a lot of people think so. Yeah. Um, let's see. I don't know. Is this for the last season of Ted Lasso? It is, yeah, the, mo- the second season, yes. Oh, the second season. Which is the only... They've only been two seasons that have been released so far. So. Right. Yes, the most recent season. Um, I'm going to give it to Bill Hader. Um, yeah, I think Bill Hader is really good. You know, he's like one who... 
was you know the re- reliable standby player on SNL when you need like a game show host or news anchor or whatnot. But he's doing really great work, just being like not like himself, you know, but just like a character. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, yeah, Bill Hader. Yes, he's developed into a true multi hyphenate. Um, and it's very exciting to watch. I would also vote for Bill Hader. I think he should win this. I think Jason Sudeikis could win it again for the second year in a row for Ted Lasso. Because um, he's a very popular guy. It's a very popular show. But Bill Hader, I think, probably has the second best odds. And like I said, should win. Um, could you imagine if uh, the sort of Bill, Bill Hader's career trajectory replaced Bill Hader with Andy Samberg? <laughs> Can you imagine that? I no, I can't imagine Andy Sandberg doing like remotely dramatic stuff. <laughs> hey, I don't know. I mean, the hard hitting Brooklyn Nine Nine. Yeah, just a lot of issues. Well, it's like the whole thing. It's like I don't like could Andy Sandberg couldn't do Barry, but Bill Hader could do Brooklyn Nine Nine. <laughs> right? He could do Chippendale Rescue Rangers. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I Bill Hader is probably honestly like of. The SNL actors I have seen, like, he's probably my favorite cast member of all time. Yeah, he's close to that, like, uh, Phil Hartman type, Mm -hmm. where he's just good at, like, um, I mean, Phil Hartman was never really, like, the man of a thousand voices, but he was just, like, the reliable, like, he can just, like, be funny. Right. And, like, um, yeah. But, um, yeah, I mean, his talent is uh, evident. Yes. All right, for our standing comedy series, we have Abbott Elementary, Barry, Curb Your Enthusiasm, Hacks, The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel, Only Murders in the Building, Ted Lasso, and What We Do in the Shadows. Yeah, so I watched half of these shows. Barry, Curb Your Enthusiasm, Hacks, Only Murders in the Building, which what I think is like the funnest, as in like making me laugh the most, is probably Curb Your Enthusiasm. Which, um, uh, you know, continues to reinvent the wheel in terms of uh, comedic shenanigans for half an hour every week. Um, probably the closest, you know, it's interesting that it's like at this point, it was like innovative when it premiered, but now it's like the closest thing, at least in terms of those shows I listed, that it's like closest to like a traditional sitcom. Yeah, it's, it is true. <laughs> um, I don't know. I don't think Curb is one, so I'd like it to win for Outstanding Comedy Series, but um, I think Barry. Barry was really excellent this season, mm-hmm. so um, I wouldn't be upset if Barry won. Yeah, I would be fine if I would say Hacks or Barry winning. I think Hacks probably will win. Like I said, it just feels like a Hacks year. I think Abbott Elementary is like the... If you're looking for like a dark horse, because... People seem to really like that show. Like I said, it's a network sitcom, and I feel like there's probably a lot of older voters who really want to reward a network show. Um, it's obviously got a lot of like uh, acting and writing and directing nominations too, so um, I think that's one to look out for, but I think it will be Hacks, and I would, if I could split my vote between Hacks or Barry, I would. Um, all right, let's move into uh, the drama categories. Outstanding writing for a drama series, we have Better Call Saul, episode Plan Execution, uh, written by Thomas Schnauz. Ozark, episode A Hard Way to Go, written by Chris Mundy. Severance, episode The We We Are, written by Dan Erickson. Squid Game, episode One Lucky Day, written by Huang Dong Hyuk. Succession, episode All the Bells Say, written by Jesse Armstrong. 
Yellow Jackets, F-Sharp, uh, written by Jonathan Lisko, Ashley Lyle, and Barton Nickerson, and Yellow Jackets, Pilot, written by Ashley Lyle and Barton Nickerson. Um, yeah, it's a lot of uh, good choices here for outstanding writing. Um, obviously, Better Call Saul, like, what's left to say. Mm-hmm. It's, like, the high point of, like, cable drama series on the air right now. Um, I mean, like, the worst thing you can say about it is that it's, like, it didn't totally blow my mind every single week. Right. But, like, um, it was still quite good. Severance, you know, it's the hot new thing mm-hmm. right now. It's really quite good first season. Very strong first season. Um, uh, yeah, from a guy from a guy apparently who just, like, wrote a script and managed to get in contact with Ben Stiller. You know, basically living out the dream of many envious people trying to get tv shows made it's only if i knew ben stiller <laughs> Ugh. anyway um squid game very good show very uh atypical choice you know to be recognized by the emmys being a show from south korea mm-hmm. not many shows um not many korean shows are very successful the emmys last one i think was mash um right, that famous korean show that was not about the vietnam war it was about the korean war um succession you know in its third season just as good as it it was maybe even a little bit better than when it started um and i have nothing to say about yellow jackets or ozark um what do i think i'll win um i don't know is that severance episode the finale it is yes Ooh, that was a good finale it was an i thought it was a very good one yeah yeah between the better call saul app the severance app and succession app it's a very hard decision i think it'll go to succession mm-hmm. just because the like it, the emmys are traditionally to quote the great mark frost the emmys are usually very conservative and uh and not don't really reward innovation so i would hesitate against them awarding severance in terms of just since it's new it's kind of innovative so i would say they know what succession is so they'll give it to succession but by that logic they should give it to better calls <laughs> but i'm gonna say succession yeah i that i think that'll probably that will probably be what will win as well i think succession has a good chance of just like cleaning up this year because it's arguably like the biggest drama on tv right now as far as like conversation generated um so i think that'll probably win i would vote for I love the Wee Wee R. I would probably vote for Plan and Execution just because, like, the ending is such a gut punch. Um, and you get kind of, like, the satisfaction of Jimmy and Kim's plan coming together, and then you get kind of, like, the little shiv at the end, which I feel like was just a really well-constructed episode. Um, for Outstanding Directing for a Drama Series, so lots of similar uh, episodes. We have Ozark, A Hard Way to Go, directed by Jason Bateman. Severance, The Wee Wee R, directed by Ben Stiller. Squid Game, Red Light, Green Light, directed by Huang Dong-hyuk. Succession, All the Bells Say, directed by Mark Mylod. Succession, The Disruption, directed by Kathy Yan. Succession, Too Much Birthday, directed by Lauren Scafaria. Yellow Jackets, Pilot, directed by Karen Kusama. Yeah, I don't know. It's it's a tough decision. I mean, as you can see from the nominees, there are a lot of good Succession episodes to pick. Mm-hmm. Um, and the Severance episode was obviously really good. And obviously Mike is a big Jason Bateman supporter. So I know <laughs> he 
be secretly hoping that Ozark gets it. Um, and if he wins, Jason Bateman will paint the Emmy blue. Um, I don't know. For some reason, I, like I'm drawn to like the birthday episode of Succession. Hmm. For whatever reason, I just I don't know. I really like that episode, and um, yeah, why not? Sure, I think it will probably go to all the bells say, um, which was the finale of Succession. Because, you know, it was a very memorable episode. It has sort of the big twist at the end, the big reveal. Severance, that's what I would vote for. Just the way they balance sort of this, like, ticking time bomb uh, plot and, like, all these different storylines that are intertwined, but also not. And there's a lot of urgency there. That could win just because it is, like, I feel like probably the showiest. Um but I think again, it will probably be Mark Mylod for all the bells say. I I would probably be thinking of like things that would like make me annoyed if stuff won. And I've never seen Ozark, but actually, if Jason Bateman won, it would actually kind of annoy me. <laughs> um, just because I don't know. I just feel like people really want me to watch Ozark, and I don't want to watch it. It just it just. And I know some people love it, but it just is not a thing that it's something I feel like I'm being sold constantly, and I don't want to give in. But anyway. Yeah, but no, if you're a fan of Ozark, we have some Ozark content on thepostwriter.com that you should definitely check out, like, share, and subscribe. Yes, yes. Uh, Alex Hunter wrote a piece on it, and he's clearly a fan. So do not let me tamp down your enthusiasm for that show. Don't let me get in the way of you stupid people. (laughs) Again, I've never watched it. There's a chance I could watch it and absolutely love it. But I'm just not a big Jason Bateman fan when he is not in certain specific comedic roles <laughs> um basically <laughs> there's something about him that annoys me anyway let, let let's get let's uh move away from my my petty grievances and discuss uh, outstanding supporting actress in a drama series we have patricia arquette in severance julia garner in ozark ho yun jung in squid game christina ritchie in yellow jackets ray excuse me ray seahorn in better call saul J. Smith Cameron in Succession, Sarah Snook in Succession, and Sydney Sweeney in Euphoria. Um, yeah, very strong categories. I mean, apart from Rhea Seahorn, who's, you know, phoning it in, as <laughs> usual. Um, I don't know. I mean, like, it's in a... It, the thing with Rhea Seahorn that's kind of interesting is that, you know, she was, like, the unknown actress when better call saul started mm-hmm. and then like you know it's like the critics have been like pumping her up it's like wow the best written female character on television it's like it's people are still acting like she's like this unknown mm-hmm. but it's like she's been on better call saul for like the whole run and she's like huge part of it so it's like it's kind of annoying when people are like did you see Rhea seahorn last night it's like yes we, we know we get it so um Th- this is her first emmy nomination however yes 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 um so it would be nice if she won um yeah i mean like the two the two chicks on succession (laughs) you know they were both good but it wasn't like i'm like it's a whole ensemble that's good it's not like their light shines brighter than the others and patricia arquette um was good on uh severance too playing like the pointy haired boss Mm-hmm. Um. Hmm. Yeah. So I guess I'm gonna give it to uh, Rhea Seahorn. 
who um you know she's only got one more opportunity after this so why not right yeah i uh when i was writing my preview i was like i really like patricia arquette and severin she does this very good kind of like over the top villainous thing and this kind of like fanatic thing like really well but then someone on youtube not youtube on twitter posted a clip of um there's this twitter account that is posting out clips of like the emmy submitted episodes for every acting nominee like ever like anyone that can get their hands on and it was the episode for ray seahorn and i watched it and i was like no actually ray seahorn's like incredible and she should absolutely win this i changed my mind so yes i i very much hope that she wins i think it'll probably go to I do think Sydney Sweeney might win just because I feel like she's kind of like the it girl now. She's nominated twice, both for Euphoria and The White Lotus. There's a lot of Euphoria support, it seems. Um, it's a show I've never watched, and uh, we can get into why I don't feel like I would like it later. But um, yeah, so I could definitely see her winning. Um, outstanding supporting actor in her drama series, we have Nicholas Braun in Succession, Billy Crudup in The Morning Show, Kieran Culkin in Succession, Matthew McFadden in Succession, Oh Young Soo in Squid Game, Park Hae Soo in Squid Game, John Turturro in Severance, and Christopher Walken in Severance. What? What? Oh, supporting actor. Yes. Oh. What did I say? No, I was looking at the wrong category. Oh. I was like, Christopher Walken? <laughs> what? Um... I mean, you got to give it up for the morning show. Let's give it a round of applause, everybody. <laughs> Woo, got to give it up. Um, but no, let's get serious. Um, I don't know. I feel like if Nicholas Braun winning, that would be kind of, like, insulting. <laughs> yeah. He's, like, just, like, the comic relief right. on the show. <laughs> uh, ooh. I don't know. I mean, Matthew McFadden, Fadian um he gets a lot of stuff to do and you know a lot of um uh people like him on the show so i wouldn't be upset if he won kieran culkin is also very good probably with the funniest scene in a drama this year is succession when um roman accidentally sends a picture yes <laughs> to someone and accidentally goes to his father and the expression of shame <laughs> and remorse on his face is just perfect yeah um so that was definitely um a moment to be cherished. Um, John Turturro is very good. Uh, Christopher Walken was good, if not exactly revelatory on the show. Yeah. A lot of it is just like, hey, it's Christopher Walken. Um, so I don't know. I'm talking, I kind of talked myself into giving it to Kieran Culkin. So that's what I'm going to pick. Yeah. Kieran Culkin, I think very deserving. I think he probably will win. Um, I, I just really love Matthew McFadden's performance in Succession. I think he's also funny, but in, like, a very hapless, pathetic way. I, he goes through just, like, an entire range of emotions throughout the course of the season. Um, he's, like, the way he just snakes his way in and out of, like, the two warring sides of the family and, and makes it work for himself by the end. I just... Yeah. I, I well, just now, now, I'm, now I'm remembering, like, his whole thing in this season about, like... Um uh kind of talking himself into going to prison right yeah very yeah. funny <laughs> yes yes and then the whole like uh, who needs a soul anyways speech too um souls are boring 
Yeah. Um, and then it even gets like scary. Like there's a thing where he tries to like wrestle Greg. It's just like, ugh. it's, it's, I don't know. I think he's incredible. Um, I would vote for him. John Turner though, has my favorite line reading of the season where um, he goes to, to Bert's retirement party and he yells at Milchick and he goes, you smug motherfucker. And I just thought it was like an incredible line from like what, who before beforehand was like a very sort of like mannered and staid character. Um, and who doesn't love John Turturro, right? All right. Uh, well, Mookie in uh, Do the Right Thing. Well, yes, that is true. <laughs> that is a good point. Um, outstanding lead actress in a drama series. We have Jodie Comer in Killing Eve, Laura Linney in Ozark, Melanie Linsky in Yellow Jackets, Sandra Oh in Killing Eve, Reese Witherspoon in The Morning Show, and Zendaya in Euphoria. You know what? Now I'm kind of I'm upset that Rhea Seahorn's only supporting mm. actress. Why? How does that make any sense? My guess is she probably submitted for supporting because she thought she'd have a better shot at winning. But mm. she's conning the Emmys. Mm-hmm. It definitely makes more sense for like the six B season. Yeah. Um, well, the whole decision to split it up into two seasons, I think, was a little bit misguided on AMC's part. Um, but uh, let's see. Uh, I don't know. I didn't watch any of these shows but you know i mean you got to give it up for the morning show so let's <laughs> quick round of applause gotta give it up morning show let's see here though um i liked jody comer in free guy so let's go with jody comer fair enough i have also not watched any of these shows i watched the first season of killing eve and heard the rest of it wasn't very good so um but mike phoebe waller bridge she isn't that's that's the thing she only did the first season she didn't do the rest of them so you take her out and it ruins it um, oops the future indiana jones phoebe waller bridge um <laughs> <laughs> she will be in it she will not be portraying <laughs> the character of indiana jones indiana could be a girl's name you don't know <laughs> um I've also, like I said, I watched these shows. Zendaya won it the last time before he had a season, so like two years ago. She beat Jennifer Aniston, right? I believe so, yes. Um, so she could definitely win it again. I think they'll give it to Melanie Linsky, who won like the Critics' Choice Award for this. It seems like there's a lot of Yellow Jacket support below the line. And I feel like she also has like the best story because she was kind of this like character actress and she's now leading a show and that's pretty pretty well received so i, I think what about zendaya's it. story of being she, being a successful model who at became age, like, a successful actress <laughs> i mean good for her for being good at two things i guess but um well good at her for being good at standing <laughs> and then standing and talking while being photographed yes um but you know maybe there are lots of just zendaya and tom holland stands in the voters there are a lot of zendaya fans yeah she's fine i I have nothing against zendaya um outstanding lead actor in a drama series we have jason bateman in ozark my favorite brian cox in succession lee jung jay in squid game bob odenkirk in better call saul adam scott in severance and jeremy strong in succession well god damn it who am i gonna vote for um (laughs) 
Brian Cox was great. Um, Adam Adam Scott is great. It's funny how um, this would also be appropriate for Severance to list them as uh, various characters. Yeah. <laughs> It's like by that logic, I shouldn't want Adam Scott to win. Um, <laughs> but he played. I don't know. I think that's. It's like what's his name, Peter Sellers being nominated for Doctor Strangelove. Yes. Um, <laughs> let's see. I don't know. I mean, everyone loves Bob Odenkirk. Mm-hmm. He's been playing this character since two thousand and nine, so it's like he's well ensconced in it. But um, I don't think anyone can deny Jeremy Strong is just like a beast yeah. of an actor. Mm-hmm. So like, I'm sorely tempted to say him. It's a tough, tough choice between the two successions, Severance and Better Call Saul. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna say Jeremy Strong. Yeah, I think he'll win. I think he's a very deserving winner. I'd probably vote for Bob Odenkirk because again, he, um, I feel like has not been rec- like he hasn't won an Emmy for Better Call Saul, and he's great in it. And seems like a swell guy, so I'd vote for him. But Jeremy Strong, very deserving. Adam Scott, I think, very good in like his like split role. And, of course, Brian Cox, what can you say? All right. Um, outstanding Drama Series, the last award of the night. The nominees are Better Call Saul, Euphoria, Ozark, Severance, Squid Game, Stranger Things, Succession, <laughs> and Yellow Jackets. <laughs> Did that sound too disdainful? And I like Stranger Things, but it's it was just... no. It was funny because it is like you had met, it has not been mentioned anywhere else in the thing. So when you said it, and it was like I was genuinely surprised, and you were like, "What's this doing here?" It is just like, where did that come from? Who? No one. Who's talking about this show? Honestly, jeez. Um, uh, oh god uh no, i have a bad taste in my mouth now um <laughs> let's see i watched better call saul severance squid game and succession i'm honestly surprised that squid game is still eligible because it feels like so long ago i know the, the emmy's eligibility period is always weird it is from anything from june 1st 2021 to may 31st 2022 yeah, so we did an episode on Squid Game. It was definitely a crackerjack entertainment program that managed to sneak up on everyone and take the world by storm. Um, so yeah, it was quite good, even if um, it wasn't like consistently excellent all the way through. It was certainly a, a nice welcome surprise, and it got everybody you know excited about something. Like we could understand all the references and stuff. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, better call Saul. Season 6A, excellent. Um, Excellent show, you know, one of the few shows on right now where it's like appointment television, you know, I got to sit down and watch it, you know, when it's on. Avoid Twitter or whatnot to avoid spoilers, Um, even though we all know what's going to (laughs) happen, obviously since the prequel. I will say, I thought about this a lot, I do think Season 6A was kind of a step down from Season 5 in terms of... um, Mm -hmm quality in terms of season five felt a lot like a culmination of a lot of things and season six a i think has kind of a problem um while i do appreciate good structure in storytelling i do think they probably were too stringent to the structure in season six you'll you'll see it when you look at the two halves where it's like um season six a is very much like a slow burn and mm-hmm. i do think that was kind of a detriment to a lot of the middle episodes of this first half of the season i agree yeah 
It felt like there was a lot of like dead air. Yes. Um, so if you're someone who watches the show, <laughs> surprise, surprise, if you're someone who watches the show interested in the development of Jimmy McGill turning into Saul Goodman, there's kind of a lot of um, repetition in mm-hmm. season 6A. Um, succession, you know, interesting. Like so many stuff, hap- so much stuff happens every week. You know, the whole team of writers, they've got like such a, you know, well-oiled machine addressing so many different things going on. The scene... Was there a scene at like the RNC function or something that was like genuinely like disturbing and how well it like commented on like uh, our current political social climate? Um, yeah, it was like a, it was like a meeting of like donors, um, Republican donors trying to figure out who they want to run for president. Yeah, and and Severance um, last one I'll talk about was just like you know uh, another thing that sort of caught everyone's attention when it was on. I swear I had the benefit of um, watching it after it was all out, so I could just binge it at my leisure. And it's like, this show, by the time you get to the end, you're literally, like, I was almost on my hands and knees begging. It's like, can I please watch the next I know. episode? I want to see what happens. So, um, yeah, hopefully this won't be a flash in the pan, you know, a show that goes into a sophomore slump next season. I hope it continues on. And, um, yeah, it's one of the... Um, gems of a show so what do i ultimately want to pick um so i guess by the logic i was employing earlier with the academy of emmys usually reward for a lack of innovation you know Mm -hmm. um i think it's probably going to go to succession i would like better call saw to win but would be more for like the culmination of the show rather than the specifically those episodes that are actually the ones being nominated um so i think it will go it's very tough. I would just recommend, say, like, rather than just pick one, I was like, I would just rather gladly have all these four of these shows available to watch, you know, at my leisure, and I'm glad glad they all exist. But I think it's Succession. Succession's my pick. Yeah, I watched all the shows you watched, plus Stranger Things. Um, Stranger Things, entertaining show. I like it. I, I would not give it this award. Um, and I agree with pretty much everything you said about um, the shows, especially Severance. Yeah, I feel like Better Call Saul winning this year, it would be like Al Pacino. It's it's like Al Pacino winning for Sons of a Woman, right? It's like Denzel Washington winning for Training Day. It's like Leonardo DiCaprio winning for The Revenant, right? It's the Lifetime Achievement Award. Um, it's 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 a good show. It was a fine season, but it is not the best season of television that was nominated. If I had to vote, I would, and this might be recency bias because I just finished Severance, I would probably go for Severance because I thought it was definitely the most gripping of these shows. And like you said, like, I didn't even realize the last episode was the last episode, so I was expecting there to be more. And I was like, are you kidding me? Like, I'm not getting just, like, one more sip of of what this has to offer. So that's what I vote for. I think Succession is just such a juggernaut as far as, like, buzz and appeal and, and critical acclaim that i just don't see it not winning this award so yeah um well that 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 was it i mean we we've just guaranteed you all are going to win money in a very niche gambling scenario where you have to bet on all these awards i think right i think we nailed it nailed it <laughs> that's right yes as, as nicole byers would say we nailed it um Anything else to add about the Emmys before we before we wrap things up? 
Next year, I'm looking forward to Mystery Science Theater's nomination in the Outstanding Writing in a Sketch category. <laughs> Here's my fingers crossed. As am I. As am I. Um, well, everybody, thanks so much for listening to The Pony Express. You can find this podcast anywhere you listen to podcasts. What do you do? Please like, rate, and subscribe it. Um, I don't even know if you can like podcasts. That's like a YouTube thing. Just, just give it a five-star review. And subscribe to it and recommend it to all your friends. My name is Mike Levito. You can find my work on the Post Rider. You can find me on Letterboxd at Ameramike and on Twitter at Al Levito. Yeah, and you know, I I'm not to get all philosophical, but you know, you can like this podcast if you want yeah. to. <laughs> well, yes. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm Lewis Ryan. I contribute to thepostrider.com. Check out the visitors might be listening where we're covering. Uh, all of Apple TV Plus is for all mankind. The biggest hit show on Apple TV Plus that wasn't nominated for any Emmy. <laughs> yes. Um, I was uh, involved with the most recent season of Mystery Science Theater 3000, where episodes can be viewed for as little as $5 to rent on the gizmoplex.com, so check those out. Um, and uh, check out my uh, other articles that I contribute to thepostwriter.com. I'm on Twitter, at the Lewis Ryan, and I'm on letterbox.com with my movie reviews, um uh, on letterboxd at the lewis ryan so check it out yes definitely do check that out and thank you again all thank you again for listening watch the emmys nbc september 12th at my guess is 8 eastern i don't actually know but watch it when it's on and uh just see how genius we are and how right we were and everything that we picked um but yeah, thanks so much for listening, and we'll talk to you next time on The Pony Express.